Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back after a hiatus that I know to me has felt like years and years and years. But then again, last week felt like years and years and years ago. So who's to say? Uh, Welcome back after a nice long hiatus to Broadway Breakdown. I am your host, Matt Koplick. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm very excited about this. You know him, you love him, and you appreciate him because his Instagram account has been what's gotten us through 2020. Please welcome to the pod, uh, Jimmy Larkin, otherwise known as Let's Hear It for the Choice. Hello, Jimmy. Hi, Matt. I'm excited to be here. Would you say that about about your account, that it's been what's gotten everyone through 2020? I think it's just given me something to focus on during 2020 that is not complete boredom. Um, Mm. It's so funny, too. I, I started the page truly just like wanting a place to put all the favorite YouTube videos that I've ever seen in one Mm -hmm. place. And I didn't, wasn't like really following people, wasn't really hashtagging, but somehow it like started to catch on and then it turned into what it is now. And I don't know how that happened, but I'm, it's given me something to, to do, which is, which is fun. It's, there's always, uh, let me, let me rephrase that. It's always good to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Especially during 2020. (laughs) I mean, I know that I love it. It's so much fun. And then like, on top of, first of all, as someone who takes great care whenever he does post on Instagram to create hashtags or create um, like pin locations for mm-hmm. things that are completely made up, I deeply appreciate all of the locations that you find for these videos and the hashtags you do. I just find it very, very funny. In addition to the videos being quite ferocious. The, 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 um, the geotags are tricky because you can only do ones that are pre-existing. Yeah. So I'll just like type in random keywords and the, the stuff that comes up, I'm just like, that exists. <laughs> but I think it's because in context to the video, it makes it even funnier. Like you had one, it was like something about options or like, or oh, no, like it was running. Options market or yeah. like, oh, like. There's one about running. Sunday morning run. Yeah. Oh, God, I mean, they're was... talking about like a Sunday morning run, but mm-hmm. we're talking about a Sunday morning run. Run. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. <laughs> It's truly, I I don't give compliments freely. Alice Ripley's still waiting for some compliments from me. Um, <laughs> and I have them for her. I'm just very cagey. Uh, I'm very withholding that way. But I'm giving you some free compliments. So take take them and run with them, I say. I appreciate it. What got you into, into theater? Because you're a performer by trade when it's not 2020. Totally. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit of everything by trade. Um, in the last uh, year, I guess it was 2018, 19, mm-hmm. I was uh, working full-time in casting, actually. So, but I, I, started, I started theater, like, as young as I possibly could. Um, I watched The Wizard of Oz every day, and mm-hmm. that was, like, I, I, it was kind of the first uh, glimpse of a musical that I ever got, a movie musical. And I used to sing it. I used to sing it in, in my room all the time, and dress up in a, in a blue shirt, a long blue shirt that was like my little Dorothy dress with ruby slippers. Um, and I think that's what like really like got me into it because, and then I, I, had, this, I had this DVD that I used to watch of, um, 
Wizard of Oz in concert with Jewel as Dorothy, Joel Gray as the wizard, Nathan Lane as the lion. Um, and so that was like my first glimpse of a, of a musical on stage because uh -huh. I, I saw that concert. It was in the early 90s. Um, and I was like, oh, I used to call it Dorothy on stage. And so I would watch Dorothy on stage. And that was like my glimpse of like, oh, we can take this and translate it onto this place. And so I became obsessed with theater through that. Can I just say, I, I had a little gasp earlier because the blue shirt with the, with the ruby slippers, I did the exact same thing. In fact, what I did was I had blue socks and red socks and I would wear my bright blue socks and then take red socks and roll them down to make oh, them absolutely. ruby slippers. Mm -hmm. um, it was very controversial in my family because I was quite young and my family was like, what's going on here? And at the time, I was just simply exploring my desire to be the star of a big musical and uh, giving into my natural urges of connecting with Judy Garland, which... You know, that's just biology. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. But you know what, Jimmy? We're not going to go on to for that for too much longer because I don't believe that's your obsession today. It's not. I mean, I have a lot of <laughs> obsessions, so I'm trying to pick one off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... Before we began recording, Jimmy gave me a couple of options. I told him to run with it. I want to be surprised. So he does have many obsessions. He's picking one for today. And while it won't be a surprise to anyone listening, because by this point, you'll have seen the title, it's a surprise to me right now as we, as we record this. So, And he's also stroking his face like a Disney villain right now as he thinks about it. I'm going to go with hairspray. Okay. There we go. Hairspray it is. The, ch the childhood obsession, like I said earlier, was Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. But as far as like, I feel like this is the, a musical theater vibe and my musical theater obsession is for sure Hairspray. It's a, it's a solid, solid obsession to have. How did you come to, actually no, sorry, some background. Jimmy, <laughs> what's Hairspray? Hairspray is a musical about a teenage girl named Tracy Turnblad. Uh, she's overweight and she wants to be a dancer on the Corny Collins show. And uh, she, she always hears that she can't because she's, she's bigger and she learned, she, uh, I'm trying to think of how I should, okay. Um, she meets some other kids at school who are also not allowed to be on the Corny Collins show and not allowed to dance on that show. And they're all black kids and Tracy Turnblad is just the epitome of everything that's good in the world and everything that I would love to be. And she, she's like, I'm determined to find a way that I can dance on the show and you guys can dance on the show. Everyone should be allowed to. It shouldn't matter what you look like. And there's some love stories in there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very timeless, sadly timeless uh, story. Yes. <clears throat> and yeah. Yeah, because it does take place in the 60s in segregated Baltimore, but a lot of the themes and po uh, main points of the storyline are sadly still relevant today. Um, the Corny Collins Show, for anyone who's like, what the hell? It's a, a fictional dance show in the style of like American Bandstand or um, uh, what was that 60s dance show that Michael Bennett and Donna McKechnie used to be on? It's like Boogaloo or something like that. Sounds familiar. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about, right? Like I'm not, yeah. I wasn't having a stroke. What was your introduction to Hairspray? My introduction was to Hairspray was, um, I remember first listening to the album because my friend had seen it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. And this was the, I very vividly remember that this was the first time I saw a show on Broadway and understood that there are replacements. They're like Broadway replacements and the people that are not in the original cast. Mm. I kind of just thought that like when a show ran on Broadway at the time, cause I was, I was young. Mm -hmm. I thought that when a show opened on, opened on Broadway, that that was the cast, just like any other show that I had done, you know, mm -hmm. like in my like community theater or like kids theater, that was the cast and then it closes and that's it. You know, I never realized that like someone could leave the show, someone could come into the show. So I, the vivid memory I have of seeing Hairspray, cause I don't remember a ton about it was, I remember sitting down and hearing the first oh oh ohs by mm -hmm. Tracy and thinking, because Marissa Jartwinoker's voice is so iconic, mm -hmm. especially on that album. And I remember thinking, that's not, that's not her voice. That's not the same girl. And then I found out that she was gone, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the show had been running for 
years at that point. And I was seeing someone different. I was seeing Shannon Durig, um, who was incredible. Um, but I just remember thinking like, that's not the voice I heard on the soundtrack. Why is that? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair to you, uh, back in the day, that was sort of what happened. A lot of shows would run a year, so the cast would fair. stay the same. And uh, fun fact for anyone who cares about things like this, when Crazy For You first opened on Broadway, Jody Benson and uh, Harry Groner had run of the play contracts, I think they're called, where like they were contracted till, till the show closed because no one thought it was going to run for five years. And then when it became a huge hit, they were like, so can we please leave now? It's been two years. And finally, the producers let them out of it. Um, but yeah, Marissa Jarrett Winokur was like, I'm not going to do a run of the play contract because this is Hairspray the Musical and I want to go do TV. with the John Waters movie it's based off of? At the time, not at all. Okay. Have you seen the movie since then? I have, yeah. Okay. And you've seen the uh, movie adaptation of the stage musical as well, I assume? Movie adaptation and the recent Hairspray Live, too. I actually never watched that. I was working that evening, uh, but I've seen clips. You know, there are some really incredible performances in it. Mm -hmm. My favorites being... I, I love Kristen Chenoweth, huge, huge fan. Of course. Um, I love Kristen and her and Dove are uh, Amber and Velma. Mm -hmm. And they are a great mother-daughter duo. They also are a mother-daughter on The Descendants on Disney, um, which is way after our time. I don't know. I've only seen it because I worked on Disney Cruise Line and that was the only channel we could watch. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're a great mother-daughter duo and their comedy in that in hairspray live is mm -hmm. actually incredible i i heard good things about it i mean it had so many amazing people in it i don't know how it could be anything less than you know at least decent um plus that's that music the music in hairspray is just so good that even if like a camera was wonky it's still you know yeah welcome to the 60s you can't stop the beat like it, who cares and being a huge fanatic they also Jerry did it. So they kept the integrity of the Broadway show completely. And so mm -hmm. I loved that. You know, they really introduced like a wider audience to exactly what the Broadway musical should be. Exactly. Um, so wh what was probably the first song in Hairspray when listening to it that made you go like, this is my new obsession? Like, was there a specific song that like you can think of that you go to every time? My first one that it probably was was probably You Can't Stop the Beat. But mm -hmm. in my older, now that I'm a little older, I have such an obsession with Welcome to the 60s. Mm. I just think, I truly think it is the perfect um, production number. It has, so the, on, the ingenue of the song is, an, is someone that's overweight, which is like mm -hmm. already great. Yes. Um, it. it features a drag queen, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. There are quick changes in it. Mm -hmm. um obviously great dancing and then the three fierce dynamites. dynamites yeah sprinkled through the whole thing are the most incredible thing plus into the the playoff the welcome to the 60s playoff is one of my favorite pieces of musical theater ever absolutely um i was very pleased that the movie version in order to uh sort of for the sake of time they cut the original end to welcome to the 60s and put the playoff as the end which i'm so here for oh yeah um, i mean if, if they had not done the playoff i might have turned off my television <laughs> at that moment you know exactly also fun fact, out of the theater fun fact they i don't know if you knew this but for that uh hairspray live they brought back the original three dynamites from hair from broadway i did not know that that is exciting. one of which directed the first production that i did of it oh no way judy somerville and she's incredible um so that was kind of a full circle moment too like i like that was the first time I did the show and she had directed it and then getting to see her. I, I didn't get to see, I probably did see her dude on Broadway because the production that I was directed in first was by her and Todd Michael Smith, both of which did the production of Hairspray for all, I think seven years it was. They did it from opening to closing. Both had kids in that time. 
Like, they really, like, lived through the Hairspray era. I also loved that their costumes for that number on Broadway were a direct homage to um, the urchins in the Little Shop movie. Do you know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. With yeah. the um, Some Fun Now red outfits, which mm-hmm. by the way, totally off topic. Did you know that those three urchins in the Little Shop movie were teenagers when they made it? Teenagers? They were, um, they were 16, 17, and 18 when they made that movie. I swear teenagers back then just looked older. They, they looked- just like looked so put together and just like... <laughs> If I was a teenager, like, doing a big movie like that, like, I don't know, I probably would look a disaster. Absolutely. Like, it's, they looked older, but also it's the confidence they had and just, and the, the energy with which they, they put into that movie. Like, I, when I found that out, I texted every single person I knew, some who didn't even, like, care or were like, why have I, why have I not heard from you in five years? Now you're just texting me about Little Shop. And I was like, can you imagine being 16 years old and destroying the game? Like, just destroying it for all urchins after you like doing that opening number and just pissing all over the screen that is a good movie musical you know that that Uh, movie was done well it was done really well uh i would actually argue that the hairspray movie was done very well i thought they did a very good job the nikki blonsky and yes yeah i think that that's that's a great movie musical really really good i don't really have any sort of qualms with it neither do i well so I happen to enjoy John Travolta's performance. I'd like to know your thoughts on it as someone who is a Hairspray fanatic. That is the one that I might, that is literally the only performance that I was like, not exactly what I want, but it's hard because Harvey Firestein is so iconic. And I Mm -hmm. think that I just wanted that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think John Travolta was just different. And especially when it came out, I wasn't as like, you know, seasoned in, in theater. And I think I just wanted what I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I can watch it now and appreciate him and it's he's he's iconic too you know yeah um, but I wasn't crazy about his performance but overall it didn't it didn't hinder the movie for me in any way shape or form it was just different yeah I mean film is an odd duck because it is very unforgiving and I don't think that Harvey Firestein's performance in that in the movie that John Travolta was in would translate as well. I don't so, think so. Yeah. So I think that John Travolta gave the performance that, that film was looking for. And it's also a little more like the divine performance where it's yes. a lot more straightforward. Um, divine in the hairspray movie for anyone who doesn't know divine uh, was a very, very famous drag queen and was like John Waters muse for most of his films, pink flamingos, um, a female trouble and the like. And for you extra Disney gays, Ursula is inspired by Divine Ursula from Little Mermaid. So we enjoy her. Um, but did you know that, by the way, that Ursula was I inspired did. by? Uh, most people do, but I, every now and then I find the one gay and I'm like, I toss my hair. I'm like, there you go. A little bit of knowledge I think I, I think I might have, like somewhere in the back of my mind, forgot that it was Divine. Mm. But I knew for a fact that it was based off of a drag queen. Yes. Divine in particular. I think specifically like Divine's makeup in Pink Flamingos, but also just like her attitude. Oh, yeah. I think I also would have loved if in that movie they had had just a drag queen. Mm -hmm. Like maybe just a bigger name drag queen perform in it. Um, But no, John Travolta didn't. It didn't didn't bug me. I also love that like on top of everything that Hairspray already is, I love there's also like such gay vibes and sometimes i'm like why are there gay vibes to hairspray there's no like gay plot line and i was like well tracy kind of almost has two dads you know yeah one's a drag, one's a drag queen fully playing a woman you know mm-hmm. but it just still gives off that like fun gay energy which i love oh absolutely and also you just know that like at least half of those boys on the corny collins show are gonna move to the city and like oh, stay for in sure. village for 10 years they're all gonna audition for book of mormon <laughs> absolutely um well i guess if we're being historically accurate they're all oh, gonna yeah, audition for, sure, for yeah. a chorus line in a few years yeah uh, <laughs> no, they're all gonna audition for mark <laughs> exact oh my god absolutely um yeah no i get there are a lot of gay vibes and also like hairspray is the city built by gay men for the most part so like there's a lot of that kind of energy to it which i really enjoy so 
what is it about Hairspray that you think makes it work as well as it does? My favorite thing about Hairspray is that it's so many important messages and such like deep uh, plot lines that mm-hmm. are told th- through such a bubblegum way. You know, mm-hmm. it's so upbeat and it's so fun and it doesn't, you don't sit through like, you, you sit through really important uh, context. You mm-hmm. sit, sit through really important messages and, and, um, and they're saying, they're saying really profound things, but you're smiling the whole time and you are, and you're enjoying yourself and you're rooting for somebody the whole time, you know, um, somebody that wants to make change and it's just a feel good time, but you also leave the theater reflecting. And, you know, I, I think that you leave the theater, hopefully a better person than you walked in. Um, what is vital to a production of Hairspray? If someone were to put it on, like as someone who loves the show, has seen the show and has been in the show, what is someone, what does someone have to keep in mind when they're putting it up? I mean, of course, of course there's like the dancing. Sure. You Mm -hmm. know, but even more than that, I think it's, it's, this sounds like a lame answer, but it's really just the, the spirit and the energy of the piece. You know, Mm -hmm. like my, my, my favorite Tracy, I mean, Tracy's the heart of the whole show. So what makes a great Hairspray, honestly, is a good Tracy, really. Mm. Um, but I think that it's really it's the spirit of Tracy makes up the whole show. And the thing that I love about Marissa is that she won a Tony not for being the best singer, the best necessarily like dancer or actress. You know, she won it for like fully embodying a character mm-hmm. and like making people smile, making people like feel Mm-hmm. And just like, just being and, you know, and, and fully being and, and full out, you know? Yeah. Uh, someone I know who saw it on actually on opening night. Cause I remember the year that Marissa won was actually controversial because she beat Bernadette Peters and Gypsy, which was, you know, still to this day debated by, by many people. And That's wild. That's really wild. It is. Well, well, first of all, she, what was her, comp- it was, it was Bernadette and Gypsy uh, Mary, I don't know how to say her last name. Ma- Ma- Master Antonio, Man of La Mancha, Aldonza, and Man of La Mancha, Elizabeth Parkinson in Moving Out, and Melissa Erico in Amore. So like a sensible category, but definitely like Bernadette Peters was like the oh for prim- sure yeah the the legend to win. So for Marissa to win over her, <laughs> Melissa Winoker won over her. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for laughing. I was <laughs> I was fully expecting complete silence from that. So thank okay. you. <laughs> no, I love I love a punny joke. Oh, perfect. Oh, we're gonna get along famously to the end of this interview. Um, he, he so my my friend's dad was at opening night for Hairspray. And I remember like I was a little 13 year old gay and I was so obsessed with Bernadette Peters and I hadn't seen Hairspray yet. I was mm-hmm. I I saw Hairspray like the week after Marissa left. So it was everyone but her, Laura Bell, and Carrie. Everyone else, uh, everyone else was still in the show, though. Um, uh, oh, actually, no, lies. And Barbara Walsh was, Vel- was uh, mm. Velma, which I uh, take with great pride. Anyway, point is, he said to me that Marissa had what he called organic cheer that was just sort of uh, infectious and while Bernadette's performance was wonderful, it also was um, not a role that like fit Bernadette super well. So it was more you were applauding her f- for taking a role that she wasn't a natural for and making it work. With, whereas with Marissa, there was no effort. It was just, um, it was just organic. It was natural. And there's something to be said for that. <clears throat> and I think that Marissa is like, her winning is just so inspiring to like anyone out there who's maybe. First of all, of course, like not stick thin, mm-hmm. but but more importantly, I think that the thing that's different about her winning than a lot of other people is that, she, again, she didn't win for being necessarily like the best technically at something. Mm. It wasn't about technicality. It was technicality. It was just about just living and and like and and bringing joy to people and having star quality and just being different. Um, yeah in a way that I, I love because I've definitely bemoaned in the past that Broadway has sort of found a mold of performer that it really likes and likes mm. to sort of keep at the forefront, which is not to 
speak ill of any performer that's working. Obviously, you get to Broadway, you're very talented, you have a lot of um, discipline and whatnot. But there is definitely like a specific body type, a specific vocal type that Broadway has over the last probably 15 years come to really enjoy employing. And there's something lost there as well. There's like a little bit of messiness that's lost, a little bit of um, character that's lost. And so it's really nice to see someone like Marissa Jarrett Winokur lead a big Broadway musical and succeed so incredibly at it. And then women after her getting to continue sort of going down that mold. I mean, um, what's her face? This is me, Keela uh, Settle. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was Tracy on the national tour. You know, like this. Hey, for someone who for someone who says they aren't hairspray obsessed, it's so funny that you know that. I feel like not many people know that she played Tracy. Well, so I'm. It's not that I'm not hairspray obsessed. I love the music in Hairspray. I love the original movie. Um, I just have never seen it a bunch. Right, uh, but I but I am a Broadway encyclopedia. So fair, fair, like, fair, fair, fair. So you know people's credits. Yes, like I know that Haley Duff was once Amber Von Tussle. Of course, there was a lot of um, a lot of stunt casting at Hairspray that also makes me laugh. Yes, there was Lance what, Bass, right? What? Lance Bass? Was he in it? Wait, I think wait, I'm getting it's it's a boy it's definitely a boy band person. Well, there's Ashley Ashley Parker Angel. There's mm-hmm. the girl from um, Alexa Vega. Spy Kids, Alexa Vega. Also known as um, the star of Odd Girl Out or the Lifetime. The Morgan Constellation of Lila. By the way, That's it's Cyber Monday. To shop Amazon deals, just Alexa. ask, what are my deals? It's because I said... Oh, you said Alexa Vega. I said, I said her name, Miss Vega. I can't Miss say it again because she'll start talking, but I said her name and sorry about that. So we'll call her, so we'll her Miss Vega if you're nasty. Um, <laughs> Miss Vega, if you're nasty, of Spy Kids and Odd Girl Out fame was once in Hairspray. Um, and it was Lance Bass. Yeah, Lance Bass with Corny Collins. That's amazing. I did not know that, or at least I forgot about it. Also, I think Ashley Simpson was in it at one point. Am I making that up? I'm. That sounds... She, well, she definitely did Chicago. She did do Chicago, yes. Um, but I don't know if she ever did Chicago on Broadway. I think she only did it in London. Ashley Simpson, did she do Hairspray? I feel like she did, but maybe I'm just being stupid. I mean, if you also look at that original cast, too, just the fact that it was like Marissa, Laura, Laura Bell, and... Carrie mm-hmm. singing together like those I love those ladies and it's just like it's I also would love to see them do uh, Mama Mia someday when when they're old enough to be the three moms could you imagine Jimmy Jimmy oh Jimmy silly boy that's the Millie lyric right yeah you, I get that you, all the time yes I'm sure you <laughs> I don't know what like your comfort level when it comes to crudeness is, and I'm gonna get a little crude. You just left me wide open with that stunt casting right there. Hey, me I mean, I, I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about those three a lot. I think it would be great. Weirdly, they're actually in the right age to do it right now. Is Laura, Laura might be a little young, but I mean, Carrie and Marissa are about to hit fifty, which is crazy. They don't look it. No, not at all. Oh, my God, Carrie Butler's been playing a teenager for the last thirty years. Truly. Um, I have no memory of this, but my friend Amanda swears that I said it. When we saw Beetlejuice and Carrie hit her really high note at the end of Barbara 2.0, the audience is like cheering. And apparently I just let out a giant, like not nasty, just like I was so happy and with a smile on my face. I went, ah, she's 90. Because not, I have no memory of this, but Amanda was saying that like, it was it was the attitude of like I was so proud of her because she wasn't as young as the audience thought she was. Yeah, you you're, you were like more so like cheering her on. You're like, yeah, and she's ninety, and she's not like it was like me at a production of Seventy Girls Seventy, being like, look at those dames, so right. proud of you. That's a d- deep dig, Seventy Girls Seventy. It was it was just yeah. you're like she still got it. At, li- yes, it was my it was my Seth Rudesky version of she still got it, but I'm a nasty asshole, so I don't say like still got it. I go, you're old. Right, a terrible thing to say. I have no memory, but Amanda swears I said it. Um, anywho, that original cast, yes, obsessed, 
obsession galore. Um, Matthew Morrison, a pre-Glee Matt Morrison. Love um, him. Isn't what Shoshana Bean was in the ensemble. I was just going to say, I, so I actually, I, honestly, that could have been, looking back, that could have been my obsession, Shoshana Bean, like, period. I could, I could tell you a lot about Shoshana Bean because I, while we're on the, the tangent, I'm going to take a one-moment obsession with her. Just the fact that she started out in Hairspray where she was in the dance, like, ensemble of that show. Um, and, like, she was, of course, featured. She, like, she had her Big Girl Now reprise or playoff moment where she, like, whistle-toned. And, oh, if, yeah, there's... Hairspray has the best transitions of any show musical theater. So there's, like, the Big Girl Now reprise. Mm-hmm. Or playoff, rather. Um, and Shoshana Solo. She's just... Shelly just gets to riff. Oh, she's Shelly. So now, part? well, now I gotta listen to the album again to listen to New Kids in Town and listen to Shoshana Bean be Shelly and shout her name. Um, Shelly, yeah. Um, and she also understudied Tracy and mm-hmm. the uh, female adult, uh, authority figure. Uh, Leslie Kritzer was was she in the original company or did she replace at one point? Because I know she was she in probably it. Probably replaced, I think. Okay. But and then but the fact that Shoshana like started off in a dance ensemble and now she's doing everything she does, you know, I just yeah. think that she's incredible. Um, but yeah, like even the even some of the ensemble members, just like Shoshana Bean was in that ensemble. Mm-hmm. Also, you know there are I, there are bootlegs of her as Tracy that are pretty good. I will I will have to go find it. You know what it reminds me? Hairspray reminds me a lot of actually the original company of Tommy, because that had an ensemble that was like oh, really? stacked up the wazoo. Yeah. Alice Ripley, Sherry Renee Scott, Norm Lewis. Wait, were they all dancing? I mean, kinda. They were. I don't know if Norm Lewis was, but Sherry Renee Scott and Alice Ripley were in the ensemble and had to had to dance. Um, you know what? I saw a video recently that had me gag. Speaking of this, speaking of like stars and ensemble dancing, mm-hmm. I was watching videos of the um, like the workshops of Wicked, and Stephanie J. Block was in the ensemble. Yes, dancing. Like dancing, dancing. She can dance. We all forget about. I love to hear the music from Boy from Oz. Where and she, she's a tapper. And she's, anything yeah, goes. anything goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where did you, I'm sorry. Where did you find video of the workshop of Wicked? Um, Who do you know? No, I. It's 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 published on YouTube. There's a video, uh, like a little like mini documentary called like uh, something something along the lines of like making it to Broadway or like bringing Wicked to Broadway. Oh like yes, 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 yes. And yes, it's yes. just there's there's the out of town version of uh, dancing through life. Mm-hmm. That was like which way? Uh, which way is the party? Like yeah, and you see Stephanie J. Block like up front dancing, partner dancing. That's actually so Stephanie J. Block in Wicked. For anyone who doesn't know, it's one of my favorite stories because she, I she actually I think she even was like a a reading alphabet alphabet. Oh, she was. Alphabet she was the she was the first alphabet. Yeah, and then Adina took over, and then they basically offered her like ensemble covering Alphaba, which she took for a bit, did the out-of-town tryout of Wicked, then booked Boy From Oz that same season as Liza, and she was like, peace, you guys. I'm not going to do opening night of Wicked. I'm going to go do Boy From Oz instead. The more you know, I literally was wondering the other day, I was like, I wonder what happened that, of course she was Alphaba at Mm -hmm. first, and so she made some sort of conscious decision to do the out-of-town or whatever, the Mm -hmm. workshop as the ensemble and i was wondering where what happened that she didn't make it to broadway and that was what it was that's what it was yeah well so well, i guess she made it to broadway just a different show exactly well because that we forget at that point she was an unknown she was she right. was a west coast figure she did a lot of stuff on the west coast but she wasn't known in new york and so adina came on because adina had rent behind her and mm-hmm. other stuff so they were like we need we need someone of some name recognition so she took over and Stephanie J. Block very graciously was, you know, went into the ensemble because it was like, it's still a Broadway show. I will do it. But then, as luck would have it, Hugh Jackman was like, her. I want her to play my fake wife and my, you know, and my fake Peter Allen marriage. Yeah, uh, I don't boy, know Boy From Oz that much. There's not much to know, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Have you found yourself having to defend hairspray to people, or do you find that it's generally agreed upon to be, like, beloved? That's a great question. I, because one of my other favorites is like Wicked, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like 
um, of course you have to defend wicked to people. Like there are definitely the haters out there. I don't really know if there's specific like hairspray haters, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't think that everyone's obsessed with it necessarily, but I don't mm-hmm. think that there's many people out there that are like, I don't like hairspray, you know? I, so there was a, there was a time in around June and July where a lot of um, actors of color were kind of making their opinions about Hairspray known. And it was interesting because they were like, I think the show is so well-written. Uh, they're like, but it is not my experience in this regard. And like, it's sort of, it's Hairspray was sort of written to be almost like a fantasy of what post-racial could be or like how we could solve it all. So I don't think, I don't think the writers of Hairspray ever intended to be like, this is what solves racism. I don't think right. that was ever like their intention. But because we sort of see, as you said earlier, like sadly, so many themes are still relevant today that they were in 1964, that it, it's hard, it sometimes can be a hard pill to swallow when you, because you want people to have a good time and you want people to take away a lesson, but sometimes when the lesson still is like, just so annoyingly still needs to be hammered in, it's like, well, Clearly, hairspray is not doing it. Like, I guess I gotta shove roots down your throat in order to make it known. So that's sort of where I feel like some people might have to defend the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, and I think it's hard when these racially driven shows are written by white people. You know, sure. Like to have a white man write, "I know where I've been." It's like a little tricky, but mm-hmm. I know. I don't know if you saw this, but I I know that in the uh, West End revival that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've like revisited some lyrics, and they've been like, "This is not. This is not." maybe exactly what we meant to say or this is not the right message to get across like for example um in you can't stop the beat motormouth says tomorrow is a brand new day and it don't know white from black and so in the revival they changed it to and it sees both white and black because say, saying that tomorrow and the future in the, in the future we don't see in in the future we don't um we don't know the difference of between white and black no, that's not that's not the end goal. The end goal is to not is to, is to not be colorblind. It's to be color like aware, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to see everyone for who they are and what they've been through and and what their ancestors have been through and what they're, you know. And, and so I think that it's powerful that they're taking the time to revisit those lyrics that maybe are not as uh, accurate as they could be, and and yeah. to listen to the people that are in the show and to listen to someone like Marisha who's playing Motormouth and say, hey, how does this lyric sit with you? You know, Mm. I think that's that's great. Yeah, no, I love that. That's a phenomenal change. Also, I'm also like bad with um with dates, so I don't really know when. But you're pretty good at history because from let's hear from the choice you post you post a lot of stuff that goes back. Like I was really pleased when you posted Melba Moore doing I Got Love, because uh, uh, which is I love Melba Moore. How can you not? But you'd be like you'd be surprised how many musical theater kids don't know her. Right. Um, because- I mean, yeah, she's she's she is musical theater black history yes she absolutely is it's i don't know if you find this i know that i have found this to be true for a lot of people musical theater is like the one profession for our generation anyway where it's totally okay and in fact sometimes encouraged to be like oh i don't really listen to musicals or like know much about it I just do it. Like like the number of actors I know it's, who are like, oh. And, and, I, and I, I have opinions on that. I do too. Like I'm all for, you know, it shouldn't like, of course, like theater shouldn't be like your only life. You mm. should have other interesting passions. But like imagine asking a football player after they won the Super Bowl, what's your favorite uh, game in history? It's like, oh, I don't really pay attention to football unless I'm doing it. I'm like, what is that? How does I that make I love that. And, and, and I hate that sometimes it's glorified to like be that person who's like, I'm too cool to like know about musical theater. I just do it. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. Why, is that, why is that so cool? I don't get it. I don't know why it's considered so cool. We got to turn, turn those tides. Is it inner 
theater kid phobia like when the theater kids were the geeks in high school and it's like i'm still i'm not the theater geek now i think i really think it is to be honest i think it's like i'm 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 a musical theater person but i'm a cool musical theater person you know why it's it's why is it not cool to like to know your to know your stuff you know in fact i think it makes you better at what you do if you know your stuff for sure you know Um, what came before you you know like yeah mm -hmm. you just you you know you, you know your craft um and I, I think it's huge, I, especially for someone, from someone who, went, uh, who worked in casting. You know, I think it's so important to know as much as you can know about everyone in every room. Mm-hmm. Before you go in for someone, know what they've done. Yeah. Um, like, imagine, do, imagine someone, some random theater kid, doing a reading with Melba Moore, not knowing who she is or what she's done. And I, like, I just think that that's kind of disrespectful in a way i mean uh, you're relating it back to like football it's like if you go into an audition treat it like an interview know about yeah. the people that you're interviewing with audition absolutely for, you know there's there is an actress who will remain nameless who at one point famously said if you're a fan of theater you're never going to be successful in theater which i guess the attitude was like if you're constant it's sort of like the parks and rec thing where someone told leslie nope like you're treating these people like your heroes. You need to start treating them like your colleagues. And I get that. If you keep on like idolizing Bernadette Peters, if you ever work with her, like you can't ever do good work with her, you know, because you're like, Bernadette, you're not going to treat her like a scene partner. But at the same time, like you should absolutely enjoy it still. Like it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's something that has always bugged me and I don't know why it's what it is. Yeah. I mean, the amount of people that I've worked with that like at one point I idolized, like, I've had followed them on Instagram forever and then I'm working with them. I'm like, Oh, this is embarrassing. I already follow you. Um, <laughs> but the amount of times that that's happened to me, it's like, I, I, you just have to be upfront and honest about it. Be like, yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of yours and no one's going to, no one's going to think that's weird. I mean, any musical theater person needs validation. <laughs> they mm-hmm. like, they want praise. You know, if, if you're just honest about it, you're like, yeah, I've been, I mean, I met, I met Carrie, Carrie Butler, um, uh, when she was on Disney Cruise Line, like doing a concert. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom met, uh, met her mom in the like lobby on the first day of the, on, of the cruise. And I guess they were having like their little mom conversation about like, yeah, my daughter's here. She's doing a performance. And my mom was like, oh yeah, my son works on the show. He's a performer. And they were like, oh wow, our, both of our kids are performers. That's great. <clears throat> and then I saw my mom she was like, oh, I'm talking to this woman. Her daughter's a performer as well. I was like, that's really great, cool. And then she was like, oh, yeah, my daughter's right over there. She's like, Carrie. And Carrie Butler comes over, and I was like, oh, it's, it's you. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And, like, it was, it was, it, it was so normal, you know. Yeah. Rather than me just being weird, I was like, no, I, I, I really respect you. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a level of respect. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have only had weird interactions with two people one was Audra and one was Judy Kuhn. And to be fair, I did not know I was going to be meeting Judy Kuhn. And a lot of words came out all at once. So that wasn't cute. And then I did, <laughs> and I did cry a little bit in front of Audra, just a little. And that's it. That's it. But yeah, it's, it's, they're, everyone's a human being. Everyone likes validation. Everyone likes to know that what they've done has meant something in some way. We're all trying to leave behind us something to live on in some way. Um, so to know that anything that you've done is like meant something to somebody uh, is really important and, and means a great deal. I mean, Jimmy, like, you know, I follow Let's Hear It For The Choice and now here I am talking to you and it's, you're basically the Carrie Butler to my Jimmy right now. I, that's hilarious. And like Harry Butler, you are also 90. I am not 90. Not no, yet. No, no, not yet. In, inwardly, you're 90. You're an old soul. I'm still um, playing children, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, hopefully I'll be doing that like Harry Butler too when I'm 90. That, why do you think we stay out of the sun and moisturize? Absolutely. It's the Carrie Butler skin regiment. What, so what are like some prime th- moments in Hairspray that you obsess over specifically? Like whether it's a song, a specific moment in a song, you mentioned Shoshana Bean's playoff, but like yeah, anything else where it's like specific I love details. The playoffs. Um, I think, who was it? It was either Judy and Somerville or, so when I did that same production, Marissa Perry, who was the last Tracy before Marissa came back mm-hmm. and she was, she was really young too. 
she was my Tracy. <clears throat> oh, I think it was actually Judine though. Judine told me that her favorite line in the whole musical was, uh, I'll eat some breakfast, then change the world. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me. And that's in like the Good Morning Baltimore reprise. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, a sweet, just like honest, genuine moment from Tracy of just like, she's in literal jail and she still has high hopes, you know? And it's just like, I try to live my life like Tracy Turnblad. So that's one of my favorite moments. Just, it's a very sweet reprise of a, of a great song. Good Morning Baltimore is a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a beautiful moment in the show. That's one of them. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Watch Me Fly, I said earlier, is one of my favorite moments in that musical. Um, there are some one-liners in that show that are hilarious. Like, Hold Mommy's Waffles. That's like a great one. Um, I remember, um, again, I have not seen the stage show in probably 17 years, but I distinctly remember Harvey Firestein on the phone when Tracy's in jail saying um, something along the lines of like, she's a little, uh, all little girls make mistakes. If they didn't, where would even little, little girls come from? Something like to that extent. Oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's almost exactly that. Ah, look at me in my memory. Yeah, there's a lot of implications of teenage pregnancy and hairspray. There, yeah, there are some really funny one-liners that I'm also getting more as I'm, as I'm an adult. That's what mm-hmm. I also love about it is that like, the older I get, the more like references I understand in that show. Brenda being gone for nine months. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the first time I saw it, I that truly went right over my head. Yeah, it's that's. I mean, that's one of the best things, though. It's like where something can be enjoyed by all ages, and then the older you get, the more things you want, you get from it. For me, that I mean, I watched Clueless as at a very young age and continued to, and then like each year there was a joke I got until now. I think I finally understand all the jokes. You're like, hopefully, I get them now. Yeah, but like all the references to like drinking and sex and drugs when I was nine, like, did not went over my head completely. I mean, that's like Rent. Like, I watched Rent when I was far too young to watch Rent. Mm. I had no idea what, like, I didn't even know about AIDS. And I, and I, don't, I don't know how I could watch that, show, watch that movie more mm. so at the time and not really understand what was going on. Like, what was, what was I thinking the movie was about? I don't even know. I, so I saw Rent on Broadway before I saw the movie. And I, I knew AIDS. I, did, I knew of AIDS. So I'll give myself I that. I knew of AIDS. Um, I did not know AIDS personally. I'd never had it over to my house or anything like that. But I, I knew of heroin, but I didn't really know how heroin worked. Like, I didn't know how you had it. So when people would like smack their arms, I was like, I thought it was just choreography. I didn't know that they were referencing like, get trying to like, get a vein to inject. So I remember like, I would like, do that sometimes. My friends would be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, it's rent. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. I've always thought about different girl groups that I'd love to just see do the Welcome to the 60s playoff. And mm-hmm. I, I would give all the money I have to see Destiny's Child perform the Welcome to the 60s playoff. Oh, yes. I mean, I, just to see them as the dynamites, there's never a world where it would happen because Beyonce is way too big. But just to hear them three sing that, I would lose my mind. Well, like, if we were to do, like, a Live Aid concert for, like, COVID with all the celebrities to do all the things, maybe they would do it then. So, okay, here, here's, I'm pitching this to you now. C- celebrities have decided to do a Live Aid-esque concert of hairspray to benefit to to benefit uh victims of covid and everyone has agreed to do it no matter how small how big a role we have destiny's child for the dynamites wow who else do we put in this Movie i think stars, it's too early for this one. i think it's too early for this now but i think that the ultimate uh motor mouth is lizzo i've thought about this before Ooh, she would just be it. so good mm-hmm. <clears throat> um I mean, there's definitely like a few Edna's on Drag Race, uh, like Ginger Minj. Or I was the first one I think of is Ginger Minj. Yeah, well, Ginger Minj can like sing, so that helps. And she's uh, a theater queen, yeah. Yeah, and she's a theater queen. Uh, have you seen Christmas on the Square yet? Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square on Netflix. Funny you say that because minutes before we came on here, mm-hmm. I posted a breakdown of the opening on my page. Oh, really? 
a full breakdown of the opening number because that movie was one of the most wild things I've ever seen in my life. I, I watched it two nights ago with my mom and I did my own like, not breakdown, I was doing like live uh, commentary on it. This was on your on your regular Insta or your- let's My, hear. let's hear for the choice. Okay. What? How did I not see that? It was it was minutes before we did this. Oh, minutes, like right now. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I will have right. to go and I will have to go and check that out then. Yeah, no, I, so Chris, uh, I say this because the little- bartender girl i think little inez little inez she should be little inez which i also love this this girl is such a star that she in christmas on the square she gets brain surgery and 20 minutes later is good to go to dance on the square with everyone else or or the girl from um jingle jangle i haven't seen jingle jangle yet she there's a there's a lead girl that could be a little little i I think that's gonna be so my mom and i i have informed my mom that every day until christmas we are going to watch uh not bad but like not necessarily classic holiday movies. So like no room for It's a Wonderful Life, no room for Miracle on 34th Street or A Christmas Story. Like we're watching Princess Switch, Princess Switch Switched Again, Christmas on the Square, which we all have watched now. So I think Jingle Jangle will be next. I can't think of a, of a celebrity Tracy. Um, you might get mad at me, but like Megan Trainer. I thought that was, that was the only person I just thought about, but I also like, <clears throat> I know she sings like all about that bass, but I still don't think of her as like, I mean, she, I don't think of her as like plus size, you know, I'm trying to think of yeah. like someone that's um, like. What about, have, did you see that movie Dumplin' where Jennifer Aniston plays like the pageant mom? Yeah, that's Maddie, Maddie Balio. That's no, 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 no. She, she plays, uh, that's the girl oh, who did Beanie Hairspray Lab. The main girl, the main, main girl. What's her name? With frizzy curly hair. Because Maddie plays like the Christian girl. Maddie's right? in it, right? Yeah. Maddie's She's in it. it. Yeah. She plays another girl. And so is Dove, isn't she? Is Dove in it? I don't know. Maybe. I saw I, it. I did see it this year and they quote Dolly Parton in it. Um, yeah. Dolly Parton's a huge influence in it. Um, I did see it this year and I honestly like, can't remember details. I do remember Maddie was in it, but who was the... I, I've, I don't have my phone with me, but whoever the main girl is, she could be a good Tracy. Um... Or we, or we just go for another unknown, I guess. But the whole point is that this is celebrities. Um, who, who's a, who's a plus size singer? Um, I mean, if we're truly just going for like, I don't care for size of role or age or whatever. I know she's not heavier now, but like Adele, <laughs> just get Adele in there. She, yeah, she really lost a lot of weight. Yeah, she was like, 2020 is my year. I don't care not what Adele the Adele as says. Tracy though. That is hilarious. Imagine Adele as Tracy. Um, well, so like Penny or Amber, those are like, those gotta be some prime ones. Well, it's funny. Cause I think of like, I mean, it doesn't, it literally doesn't get any bigger than a, of a celebrity than Ariana as Penny. That's true. But we want someone who we can hear because yeah. Ari, Ari liked to whisper a lot from what I recall. Not that we can hear. Yeah, she did. She does like to whisper and not really use a lot of consonants. Um, I'm obsessed with her though. Um. I weirdly want like Jesse J. For- you know that like Diana DeGarmo did it on Broadway too. I do. Yeah. That was sort of like her big intro to Broadway. Was it not? I probably. Yeah. They must I have mean, plucked her right from American Idol. Listen, I might be like the Broadway historian, but you're supposed to be the hairspray historian here. So I expect you to know absolutely every single, every single thing about hairspray. Yes. Like, how do you not know who the third stage manager was on the Broadway run? How do you not it know? It was. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who was the child wrangler on the national tour? Could you imagine if I just whipped that out? The child wrangler. Hopefully there was not kids in hairspray. Lil Inez, what are you talking about? Yeah, but that's usually played by an adult. Oh, that was a stunt cast. Um, <clears throat> one of the girls from TRL. Or I mean, uh, not TRL. Um, TLC, I mean. Was Lil Inez on Broadway? Who was it? Um, the original Lil Inez, wasn't she like 12? The first one was. And then they started going with adults. Interesting. I guess they didn't like want to keep paying for child wranglers. Maybe. I know. Shooters. Right. Um, I although was... we cannot con- we not we cannot continue with this obsession until we pay homage to or homage to the little Inez in the movie who has that amazing option up in Run and Tell. Yeah, it, it needs to be written in. It need that needs to. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh great, so this is the standard now. I will right. accept nothing less. I'm trying to find who that Inez was. It's it, she. All I know, she's in the Broadway and Bryant Park um, video of it. Mm-hmm. She's from some sort of girl group. 
Danielle McDonald is the star of Dumplin' and she's Australian. So she's versatile. She can do a Southern accent and therefore we will take her. Oh, you know who I meant? I meant 3LW. 3LW. Okay. There was a girl from 3LW that was a little Inez that sounded incredible. She also did the same option. Oh, did she? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I need to find that then. Back in um, the days. Who, who's our Amber then? So, wait, so wait, again, we have- Again, I'm a huge Dove Cameron fan. Well, sure, but I mean, come on, like, we're talking like anyone, and I'm, and I'm granting you like a 10-year gap between like appropriate for the age and not. Okay, uh, okay, that's role. also helpful. Um, so we have, so wait, we have Destiny's Child as the, as the Dynamites, we have Ginger Minj as Edna, we have- um, There's also probably, there's also probably even bigger, <clears throat> there's probably bigger stars, maybe even than Ginger Minj. I'm trying to think of like- I guess like for drag, drag, but I don't know. It's in terms of like who's right for the role. Um, I mean, imagine, definitely Lizzo. Definitely Lizzo. We'll put her in there. Um, I mean, we also could just pad Katya and make her Edna. Who is um? There's a lot of Ambers out there. Are there though? Are there? I guess there's not as much anymore because back in the day there was like the Britney Spearses, the mm-hmm. uh, the Christina Aguilera's, like all the blonde singers. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not super on top of the pop world. This is where Danny Quadrino could come in and like school sure. me. Uh, but so like, I don't know who are the newer people. Um, like, or like any of the pop princesses right now. Uh, but like, I just, even if it's like, I don't know, uh, like a TV actress or a movie actress who like could probably get away with some of the notes. Um, I guess. It probably like, for me would be Jeff Cameron, which is so wild that she did it. It is wild. She looks or like, like a Tori Kelly. Ooh, I'll take that. I will take that. And I will also request, this is so stupid, but I request Al Pacino for Tracy's dad, just because right. I want to see it. For sure. I'm totally down. Absolutely. Or Steve Martin, actually. I would like to well, see Steve. One of, them, one of them can be um the male authority figure. Yes. He's um, like Mr. Pinky and the principal and stuff. Is it weird that I kind of want Bernadette Peters for Velma? <laughs> no that's not weird at all that's hilarious it i just i constantly th- i think about jimmy i think more often than i should bernadette peters's line readings as the stepmother in the brandy cinderella it's incredible <clears throat> also the fact that brandy and and bernadette were doing scene work together just makes me laugh absolutely the the scene where bernadette tells brandy she's coming staircase you, you, yes, girl, you know exactly where I'm coming that from. Monologue. That monologue. The whole Which thing. Like your father was common, you're common. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no, you're no, your mother was common, you're common oh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, um, And the, the, I think I've said it once on this podcast before. The way she says that a prince would even consider you for his bride. Why? <laughs> it's laughable. Uh, so oh my good. God. Thank you. Thank you for being here and supporting me in this time. That's one of my favorite movies ever. It's great. It's absolutely great. But we're not talking about that for too much longer. But that's, I think about that scene. And then For I sure. think of like how she would do Miss Baltimore Crabs. And I'm like, she, she'd kill it. She'd fucking kill it. So that's who I want as my Velma. She, yes, she is technically like 30 years too old for it. But Bernadette is timeless. And here we are. It feels like we've, I feel like we've talked about Hairspray a good chunk. But it's also been more of like a springboard for a lot of other things, which truly, I feel like is Hairspray's jam. Um, what keeps, what has you coming back to Hairspray constantly? When you, when you like get down to it, is it the message? Is it the music? Is it what? I think it's all of it combined. I think it's just the fact that it is, I truly think that it is a perfect musical. Um, it's, it's just that it, it, it's uplifting. It makes me feel good. Um, I, think that it, I think that it's just that it, no matter how much it's done, it stays just as magical, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think people necessarily, like, people might have, like we were saying earlier, people might have their problems with it or, like, some of the contact, the, the, some of the text. Um, but I think that people don't get sick of it, and that's a, a beautiful thing for, like, an upbeat, uh, bubblegum musical you know and Absolutely. I think that's because at its core it really 
is an important show. Um, but yeah, I think that it, it just doesn't get old for me. And there's so many, I mean, a lot, not a lot of musicals get really old for me, but, um, but it, it doesn't get old for me. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And it, it, can, it can make me happy always, just turning on the album. Would you say that uh, we are in dire need of hairspray? In yes. In world? Yes. I really think that it's, that it's time for that revival. I think that it's a brilliant time that they're doing it in, in, on the West End. And I don't know why we're not doing it over here. I think that, I do think it closed too early on Broadway. I really do. Um, and I think that it's set itself perfectly up for a, for a revival. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think especially after the pandemic, it's a show that people would flock to, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that um, with everything that's happened during this pandemic too, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's the kind of show people want to support. Um, and I think that it's a feel-good story, but mm-hmm. also an important message, which is everything that we need right now. Yes. And it helps that it's also, as you said, well-constructed, well-written. Because I don't like shows where it's like, we're just trying to give you a good time and then are sloppy in the execution. Right. Hairspray is like, no, we're going to give you full-out perfect execution and make it a feel-good musical. Yeah. Um, so that's... We're going to make you think. We're going to make you laugh. We're going to make you cry. We're going to make you dance. Is there anything about Hairspray that you think people sometimes sleep on? Like either the show itself or elements of the show that you think people maybe underestimate? I think something that people underestimate, like I said earlier a little bit, is that they underestimate the role of Tracy. You know, it's not, it's not just any big girl's role. It's like a very specific kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think truly it's, I've seen productions of Hairspray flop and it's because, because the Tracy just doesn't have that energy that won a Tony award. It's that they don't have that spirit that carries the show. Right. Um, and I think people underestimate, you know, that it, they, they, they forget that it is so important and it, it, they think of it so bubblegum, you know, and, yeah. and it really is, I think it's, there's not many shows like it that are so effective in, in, t- in telling important stories through uh, fun song and dance. Mm. That's fair. Well, I think that's a good place to end it as any. Jimmy, where can people find you? Uh, on the social meds, if they don't know already. Social meds, uh, if you want to follow me, my uh, handle is just Jimmy Larkin, J-I-M-M-Y-L-A-R-K-I-N. But uh, if you want the musical theater content, <laughs> then that's Let's Hear It for the Choice. Yes, yes, yes. Your own personal Jimmy Awards, which I, when, I re- when I found out your name is Jimmy, was that the connection? Like you weren't just talking about like the actual oh, Jimmy Awards? Sure. Yeah. Great, 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 great. It's my that personal is- Jimmy Awards. That is clever. Well done. Um, are you on the Twits? Are you on the... I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok as far as like I scroll through it for hours and mm-hmm. hours, <laughs> but I don't post. I'm probably going to bring Let's Hear For The Choice over to TikTok at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to do a situation where it's... People love duetting on TikTok and I love watching the duets. Mm-hmm. And I think that I want to like play the choice and then like, now you go, you know? Interesting. I like that. Because I, I mean, think I really want to see people like tackle the choices that are on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of like the ultimate gauntlet being thrown. You put up the ultimate choice and see what people, how, see how people try to top it. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's where I went. Fantastic. You're not, and you don't have an OnlyFans or anything like that? I do not have an OnlyFans. <laughs> I listen. I don't judge. I just know that quite a few. I mean, theater I've boys thought about been, it. You know, like got to make that money somehow during this pandemic. But exactly. And listen, you can do whatever you want on your OnlyFans. Like you could have people subscribe, and it's just like you sitting in your room eating Cheetos. Like, right? Truly, everyone has their thing. That could be something for some businessman in Japan, for all you know. Right. That could be his thing. Um, okay, so no OnlyFans for Jimmy. You can find me on Insta at Matt Koplik. Uh, of course, I do not have. Twitter. I do not have TikTok. You can rate and review us on the iTunes. Every rating, every review you give us helps our algorithm. I wish it weren't the case, but unfortunately it is. And thus I have to be thirsty at the end of every episode and ask that you guys rate and review us and subscribe. Jimmy, we close out every episode with a nice little Broadway diva. She'll be edited in in post. Uh, Do you have a diva for us today to close out on? I'm going to have to go with Shoshana Bean. Do you have a backup? Because we might have already done her. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. totally. My my other one was going to be Kristen Chenoweth. I don't know if we've actually done her. Yeah, no Chenoweth. Or we could do Melba Moore since we talked about her. Have we? I think we might have done Melba Moore. Hold on, let me make sure. Yeah, we, no, we've done Melba Moore. Our last. <laughs> who did Who did Melba Moore? I love that. Um, who did do Melba Moore? I might have requested Melba Moore. I can't remember. Uh, our last, the last three divas we did before we signed off for like three months were Casey Levy, Melba Moore, and Eartha Kitt. Eartha so, Kitt. Eartha mm. Kitt. Well, that was, we were specifically doing a wild party comparison episode. You and know, Eartha Kitt did Wizard of Oz. I do indeed. No, she did Wizard of Oz. No, I didn't see her. I saw Roseanne when I saw Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. but I didn't know she did it. Uh, so, Chris and Chenoweth, you say? Mm-hmm. Great. Chris and Chenna with it is. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been a really fantastic time, Jimmy. I had a great time talking to you. I hope I you had have. a great time too. Love it. So yeah, that's it. Thanks for uh, sticking with us all this time, guys. I promise new episodes will be coming again. 2021, something to look forward to. All right. Bye. <laughs>